And the prayer is this, God, speak to me, I'm listening. Speak to me, God, I'm listening. And this prayer that we landed on here has come after we've been following these stories. And the particular story that landed us in this place was out of Luke chapter 24, where there were two disciples, they were on the road to Emmaus, and they heard this rumor that Jesus was alive, but they were baffled. And so if you remember the story, Jesus just walks alongside them kind of incognito. He's in disguise. Somehow they are kept from knowing who he is. They walk seven miles asking questions, and Jesus is explaining the scriptures to them. And if you remember the story, they invite him to eat at the end of the walk. And then suddenly after they're eating together, their eyes are opened. It's revealed to them, this has been Jesus the whole time. And then, like Jesus apparently likes to do now, it's new magic trick after he rises from the dead. Poof, right? He vanishes. So um, then the two disciples exclaim this in verse 32. They said to each other, didn't our hearts burn within us as he talked with us on the road and explained the scriptures to us, right? Didn't they burn inside of us while Jesus spoke? Like, how did we not see it? Of course, our hearts knew it all along that this was Jesus, And so as we kind of worked our way through that wondering and that story, um, I wondered if... If, if that's just like we experience Jesus sometimes, where, where Jesus was speaking to them, he was even kind of guiding their thoughts, but they, they didn't know that it was him. Like, oh, they kind of wished we could have just recognized from the way he spoke in our hearts. We, we could have known from the way it affected our hearts that it was Jesus. It was Jesus the whole time. And where we landed, again, was that prayer, this invitation for us to quit, create some quiet, some space in our life where we clear away the noise, the other voices, and we just get quiet. We stop. We slow down. We pray this prayer. Again, speak to me, God. I'm listening. And what I was going to do this week is I was going to move on to the next story, and I was, like, most of the way preparing my way through it. Um, and, and what we're going to do is uh, eventually, next week or the week after, we're going to look at this disciple who's been saddled with this nickname, Doubting Thomas. You ever hear about this guy? But we're going to save that for an upcoming week. Um, by the way, that'd be a great one to bring a friend with, especially if they struggle with doubt or faith or, or feeling like they don't quite fit in, because um, we're going to be honest about why doubts can actually be a good thing for our faith and why being honest about our doubt is super important. So, but, so that's what we we're going to do this week. But this week, I'm, I'm working on that other message. And I'm praying, you know, a few times a day, you know, speak to me, God, I'm listening. I did that. And um, sometimes that's a dangerous prayer. Anybody have a, that happen to you, right? He tells you something, you're like, what? And, and I felt this shift that we were supposed to stay with this theme, which is kind of funny, right, about listening to God. And, and so um, I almost want to apologize because as I, as I thought back to last week, you know, we, we spent plenty of time uh, on the message, on the talk, but I, th- I think for some of us, I can imagine that even me talking about hearing God speak, for some of us, we get this idea of, well, like, how does that work, right? Um, the, the idea even that we might actually hear him speak to us when we get quiet and listen. For some of us, that's going to be kind of a foreign concept. And so this morning, I thought instead of pressing into the next story, I want to do something really practical. I hope it's going to be helpful for all of us. There's actually some space in there to write notes. Um, uh, I want to stick with that theme on hearing from God and, and listening for God's voice. And I'm going to just point out, I'm, I've landed on three because, right, I'm a pastor, right? So there's, there's three kind of primary ways that we hear, we can learn to hear from God. Now, by the way, there's so many ways that we can learn to hear from God besides the ones I'm going to mention. Like sometimes when I'm hiking or out in nature, 
I will hear God speak through just observing the landscape or the nature around me. There's so many different ways, okay? But I'm just going to land on kind of three primary ones that we can cultivate. But even before we do that, I'm aware that maybe for some of us in the room, I need to start by asking this question, because some of us are wondering, well, does God even still speak today, right? Like, we can read the Bible, We can see God interacting with people. We can see him interacting. He's teaching. God's speaking. He's leading them. He's guiding them. He saves them from danger. I mean, the Bible's full of those kinds of story where back then God spoke to people and we see it written down. But it would have to make you wonder, if God spoke to them back then, what about us today? Like, the question maybe for some of us even is, would be, is God... Uh, and hearing God's voice, is that something that's even available as a normal part of the regular Christian life of every followers of Jesus? Like, is that for anybody? Or is that just kind of a luxury reserved for those back in Bible times? Or maybe if it is for today, just for the super spiritual. Um... In fact, I know that some people, um, I've had friends, I have friends that would say something like, listen, this hearing God speak thing, no, 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 no. Listen, everything that you need to know is in the word of God. And I go, okay, so that's it? Like, it's, it's over? That's all we need? Um, and to those friends of mine that, that, that believe that, I hopefully respectfully ask them a question like this. Hey, listen, is the Bible, are the stories in the Bible, is this a book of exceptions Are all the stories in the Bible, these are just exceptions that are reserved for the elite or the chosen ones? Or are the stories in Scripture supposed to show us what a life of walking with God is supposed to look like, what it could look like for us? And I wonder, and actually I believe that maybe, um, just maybe, okay, more than maybe, I believe that these stories in the Bible are not just exceptions, right? I believe that the stories in Scripture are actually examples of what a life with God is intended to look like. The stories in Scripture are there to encourage us to live a life like they lived, to to learn to walk with God, to hear from Him. And so the people that would say to us that God only speaks to us now through Scripture, um, they'd actually be contradicting what Scripture itself teaches. (laughs) So think about that for a minute. But they'd be contradicting Scripture. I'll look at something uh, along those lines later. So I'm just going to give myself up right up front here. I am starting with the assumption that God still speaks to us. He didn't stop back in the Bible. He didn't stop with the prophets or the writers of the New Testament. That he still speaks to ordinary people like you and like me. And one of the reasons I believe that is that God wants a loving, active relationship with you. We talk about that all the time, that God wants a relationship with you. And so I believe in relationship, we would still have to be able to communicate, to speak, and to hear from God. Now, again, not every Christian will believe with me or or, or agree with me. Not every theologian would agree. Some people would build a case even trying to use Scripture to say God is silent. We've got the Bible. That's all we need for our relationship with God. This is the manual. This is the book. Here it is, right? But if you were here, I don't know, a month and a half or so ago, there's, there's a couple scenarios I, I use that I think pertain to this. I'll repeat them. Imagine this scenario. Uh, a child is born, right? And then the father writes them this letter to tell them they're loved and hands them a book and says, see you in 80 years or so, right? Good luck. And then never speaks to them again. 
See, that's what it would be like if God just gave us the Bible, as important as the Bible is, but he just gave us the Bible and said, that's all you get. We would ask, well, what kind of father is that? Or there's a bride and groom, right? They get married. The groom says, honey, I love you. Now what I want you to do is to go off and read this book, and I'm not going to have any other communication with you besides what I wrote in this book. And off you go, right? And we'd look at a scenario like that and go, wait, wait, what? That's it? Like, that would be unimaginable. Like, how deep could a relationship go if you just hand someone a book and say, that's all you get? See, again, Scripture is vitally important. It is the foundation of how we hear from God, which is what we're going to get to in a moment. But, but over all of this, I just want to kind of drive the thought home that God wants to have an active, ongoing relationship with you. And so as important as Scripture is, the stories in the Bible, uh, they're not just the book of exceptions. These, again, they're meant to be examples of what the normal Christian life is like. They describe what it's like to walk with God. Those characters in the Bible, they walked with God, and so can you. Like, it's actually available. And so I'm going to look at these three kind of primary ways that God speaks to us. And again, it's not an exhaustive list. God speaks in many ways, but I think these are three of the most common and I just want to use them to create some categories for us to work with as a way of tuning in and listening to God. So three primary ways we can learn to hear from God. There's, number one, the Word of God, so Scripture. Number two would be the Spirit of God, which is Him speaking inside of you. And the third one we'll look at, uh, if we have time, will be how He speaks through the people of God. So... The Word of God, the Spirit of God, the people of God. And again, these are not the only ways, but let's just dive in here and see what we can cover. So first up, let's look at the Word of God, how God speaks to us through Scripture. Um, and I believe that this is probably the most common way that God speaks to many of us today. So what we do is we read the Bible, um, we pray over it. Maybe we ask questions, uh, and we listen then for what is being said in Scripture. Now, when I talk about, you know, reading the Bible um, and hearing from God through Scripture, I'm not talking about, you know, Bible roulette. You know what that is, you know? Bible roulette, where, where, you know, you just say, okay, the first two random passages that I read, that must be what God is speaking to me today. And so you just flip through your Bible and, boom, right? Here's the first one. You point at it. You read, you know, what if it says something like, you know, <clears throat> Judas went and hanged himself. Like, <laughs> yeah. try the second one. Go and do likewise. I mean, this would not be, <laughs> right? It'd be kind of like treating the Bible like the magic eight ball. Do you remember those kind of super, Yeah. That whole superstitious thing, seeking guidance that way, like just shake it, right? Now, I'm not saying that God has never spoken that way to guide someone. I just personally don't recommend it as a regular practice. Um, I mean, you can even look at scripture, and, and, and Gideon, he did the fleece thing. If you know the story where he lays out a fleece and says, God, if it's going to be this, then this, right? And he lays it out, and oh, it is, and then he mixes it up, and it's, it's the other way, so that's his confirmation. Again, Okay, God accommodated Gideon there, but that was not an example of mature trust in God, right? To just kind of have to keep doing that. And again, God will accommodate us, but again, I don't rec re recommend those things as like the regular practice. So before I get too sidetracked, here we go. Um, we're going to talk about learning to hear from God through Scripture. And I think, for me especially, that it's really helpful to learn to do this um, through the Psalms. Um, or you can do it through passages on our identity in Christ. Uh, we can read a passage, 
and, and, and then we ask God what he's speaking to us through this passage. Now, it always helps, the more you know scripture, to know, you know, context or what's going on in the passage, uh, what was being said to the original hearers of the text. So the more you learn scripture, the more you study, the more helpful it is because it's going to help you oftentimes hear even better about what's going on. So to learn to develop this practice of hearing God through scripture and hearing him speak, Again, I'll, I'll suggest, you know, picking a passage, writing down what you're hearing from the passage, you know, maybe even journaling it. And I don't always journal, but I know that when I do, it sticks way, way better. So let's actually try this together here. Grab your hand out here. I've got Psalm 23 on the page. Oh, you thought you'd just throw those away, huh? Does anybody need one? Everybody got one? Okay. All right, Psalm 23, what we're going to do here, um, I want you to listen for even what you're hearing in these passages. So go ahead and let's hit Psalm 23, the first few verses up there. I'm going to read it out loud, and then I'm going to pause, and you're going to listen and, and just see what sticks out, right? This isn't super mystical or difficult here, but just, right? So Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me. In the presence of my enemies, you anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now, just look at what's printed on your page, and um, God, will you speak? Will you speak to our hearts individually and corporately? Will you draw something out of there? of what it is that you're speaking to us this morning. And I'm just going to pause for a half minute here and, and give you a chance to sit with that. All right, let's get a little feedback here. Why don't you turn to the person next to you, a couple, three people there, and just what did, what did you hear? What did you notice out of this scripture? Just a phrase that, that God would be speaking to hearts here. So go ahead to the person next to you and just turn and take a risk. Everybody can play along. There are no tests.
All right, about 15 seconds more. Last person, go ahead and wrap up. Okay, all right, so what are we hearing? Let's get a few, let's get a little feedback. What are you hearing through the scripture here? Um, somebody on this side, just holler something out or tell what the person by you said. Not afraid to die. Not afraid to die. Yes, that's good. Who else? He is with us no matter what. Boom, that is excellent. I love that. That's a great one to hang on to. Anybody over here? Anybody else? Be calm. That's good. Excellent. Thanks, John. Anybody in the middle here? What are, what are you guys hearing or the person next to you? What are some things that you pulled out? Stop worrying. Stop worrying. Excellent. He takes, he takes care of our needs. Security. Security. You're here. Yes, he's, he's keeping us secure. How about on this side over here? Yes, Debbie. Yep. Yep. Yeah, right. I like that. That's a great picture. She's seeing uh, that we are all sheep, that God is our shepherd, and that he uses his staff to lead us and to guide us. That's really good. Anybody else over here? He's my safe safe house. I love it. How about right here? He leads me beside still waters. How many of you could use some still waters in the chaos of life? Amen, right? I bet a lot of our moms could be... (laughs) Yeah, so see, there's just simple ways right there that God speaks through his word. And we can actually interact with the passages and apply the things that he's saying in very personal ways. And so again, if we want to learn to cultivate hearing from God, a great way to start and a really reliable means is to start with scripture, right, by reading scripture And so, again, what's so cool about this is the better you know Scripture and you know more Scriptures, the more confident you can be that this isn't just something coming out of one little spot. Like, you know more Scripture, you can be really confident that you're hearing from God. But whether you're new to this or you've been in Scripture for years and years of your life, friends, I believe anybody can do this. Anybody can do this. And your connection... As your connection with God and your connection through Scripture grows and deepens, it actually helps you know when God is speaking to you in some other ways, like through the people of God or through the Spirit of God, right? Um, because, Because the more you know from Scripture, you just get the taste of what his voice sounds like, which helps us to know when it is his voice speaking another way to us besides through Scripture, Now, before we move on to the second category, here's something really important that I want to stress over and over and over. Scripture is our foundation for hearing from God, okay? Because of the other ways, and especially the two we're going to talk about, uh, the Spirit of God and hearing through the people of God, if you are hearing something that contradicts with Scripture, then it's not God, okay? So you got to go with the Word of God every time. The Word of God trumps the other ways every single time. Does that make sense? Make sense? Okay. So the next of the three primary ways that I want to describe uh, when it comes to hearing from God is this. We hear from God through the Spirit of God. Now, the Spirit of God, when I use this phrase, I probably could have come up with a, a, a better way of saying it. Um, but this is where you sense God speaking to your heart. He might be nudging you, prompting you. 
That's what the Spirit of God and hearing from the Spirit of God looks like in that way. Uh, Lily Tomlin had a line in the play, The Search for Signs of Intelligent Life in the Universe, where she said, why is it that when we talk to God, we're said to be praying, but when God talks to us, we're schizophrenic, right? (laughs) See, this is where it can get dicey, hearing from what we think God is saying to us, because with the Word of God, it's really easy to just have clarity, because it's right there in the book, right? It's in black and white, or, or red, right? It's right there. But now when we move into the territory of trying to hear from the Spirit of God inside of us, it can open the door to all kinds of crazy sound and stuff. Uh, In fact, how many of you have heard somebody misuse this, I heard from God, right? Um, Where someone said, well, the Lord told me, have you heard that one? Followed by something really strange like, well, the Lord told me to drop out of school. (laughs) You're like, really? You're going to blame that one on the Lord, are you? Okay, come on. Um, just personal encouragement for us here in the body here. Um, I would encourage us to not throw that phrase around too lightly. The Lord told me, right? Maybe even like find a different phrase in your vocabulary or just be really cautious about it. Um, I have a friend, he's a single dad, and, and one year during spring break, he didn't have anybody to watch his son during the day while he was at work. And so I had a friend that said uh, that they would help him out during spring break, hang out during the day, you know, take the kid out to do some fun things. The dad was super relieved, really thankful. It took tons of pressure off of him. But then just a few days before spring break, uh, this other person told the dad, you know what? The Lord told me to go to California, so I'll be gone all week now. Sorry, right? Like left him scrambling, stressed out. But, you know, how could he challenge what was said? How can you challenge what the Lord was saying, right? Um, And it is. It's kind of sad to hear how many people use the Lord told me as a way to get out of some kind of commitment to help or to serve or something that they were going to do. Um, And part of why it's difficult is that it impacts the other person. Because the other person... um, has to be like, well, dang, that's not what I'm hearing, but, you know, I guess I can't argue with the Lord, can I? So we want to be really careful with this one. Uh, And if we had time, I'm sure we could hear dozens of stories around the room where people use the Lord told me as an excuse to get out of something, and I just think that's really manipulative to do that. In fact, I, I don't think I'm pressing it too much to say that that could be a subtle form of spiritual abuse, because I'm just going to shut you down, there's going to be no dialogue, and if you disagree, then apparently you're disagreeing with God, right? So, well, what can I say? So, when we say, the Lord told me, and put that on someone else, it can be really, really dangerous. So just be cautious about that. And in fact, even if you are really certain and sure that God spoke something, I think it's okay, it's probably even a good idea to be humble about it, right? Maybe saying something along the lines of, you know, I have a sense that God might want us to do this. Or, or I'm, I'm feeling like maybe this is what God is saying to us. What do you think? Like, ask the other person, and what do you think? Um, this can get tricky in families, uh, husbands or, or wives. Um, but I'll just pick on the men. Husbands, it's not okay to issue an edict and put God's name on it, right? Husbands and wives, parents, don't make any big decisions that impact everybody else and throw God's name on it. Like, we are moving, right? Or I'm quitting, or this is what we're doing with our finances. No, no. Have patience and humility 
It's difficult, but we can often learn to listen together to what God speaks to us. I have a friend um, who years ago, good friend of mine, God spoke to him about moving to Montana. And he knew that he was supposed to do it, but he did not press or force the issue. He got real impatient sometimes, but he did not press it with his wife. And it was five years before his wife rolled over in bed one morning and said, it's time. And she had finally heard as well, which was wonderful because if he had forced it on her and had pushed it, then not good, not, not good. Um, And here, listen, if if somebody's pulled this on you, anybody ever had somebody do that to them? I'm not going to ask for examples, but yeah, God told me, right? Just go ahead. Anybody hear that? So just a few of us, huh? We don't hang around enough spiritual people. All right, we're going to get more. Just kidding. Just kidding. I am one, so I'm speaking from inside. Um, But if somebody pulls this line out on you, it can be really easy to get jaded on the whole hearing from God thing. Like, because you know you can see through the garbage, and you know that what they said was a bunch of baloney, and, and you can get real jaded. If somebody pulls this on you, you can start to doubt that God speaks to any of us, which, by the way, is what the enemy would love to have happen. The enemy would love to shut down this part of your walk with God and leave you without this crucial active part of your relationship with God. And some of us, because we've seen some pretty nutty stuff, we've shied away from believing that God actually does speak to us, which is a huge, huge problem. I believe it was a friend um, of mine, Craig McConnell, who said, if I don't believe that God will speak to me because I've never heard from him, that's like wondering why my radio doesn't work if it isn't plugged in. You have to plug it in so you can tune in to what is already being broadcast. See, because Jesus does speak to his people. Check this passage out, um, maybe in more detail later, write this one down to go and read through, because there's a lot in here, and I'm going to kind of skate through uh, part of John chapter 10. Jesus himself is showing us, he is teaching that he speaks to us. Ready? Verse 1, truly I say to you, He who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs in another way, that man's a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens. Now, listen to this. The sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he's brought them all out, he goes before them and the sheep follow him Why? For they know his voice. Um, Let's skip down to verse 16. Jesus says, I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I'm going to bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. Now, right in the middle of this, what I skipped to is where Jesus talks about the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. I've come that you might have life, have life and life to the full. That's in the middle of all this stuff on hearing his voice, listening to his voice as being a part of that abundant life. And so, again, ironically, the people that would say that God only speaks through scripture have a huge problem because right here, Jesus himself is teaching that God speaks to us, that we hear his voice. Another of many examples in scriptures that we can look at that talks about us having to and needing to hear from God is in Revelation chapter 3. We've heard this used evangelistically. But it says, Behold, 
I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I'll come to him and eat voice. Now, we use this in evangelism and invitations for people to receive Christ, and that's fine to do. But again, we have to remember that Revelation chapter 3 here was written to the church. It was written to Christians. So apparently, according to this scripture, there are places in our hearts where Jesus wants access to, so he stands at the door of our heart. He knocks, he speaks, and we hear his voice. And he's speaking to us here about hearing his voice, about opening the door. Again, according to the Bible, Jesus speaks and is speaking, friends. And then there's that phrase out of Hebrews chapter 3, verse 7, which says, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart, right? And you could add, or don't pretend you didn't hear him. <laughs> don't pretend to be confused. Now listen and obey. When God speaks, listen and then obey him. And to hear that God speaks to us and hear him speaking, we do have to tune in and listen, which is not always easy. Dallas Willard says that when we deal with the practice of hearing from God, it, we have entered into a spiritual and intellectual hard hat area. And he's right. Like this can be an area that we've already talked about, how it can be fraught with weirdness or, 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 or danger. And this is the stuff that makes people nervous. And again, why we often see folks just kind of shut this out. I don't want to go there. I don't want to experience this. I don't want to know, right? There was a guy at a church that I pastored at years ago. Um, and it was a church where um, it was a spirit-filled church, and, and, and we would talk about hearing from God. But he, he was pretty cynical, and so he had this question that he would ask people. He'd say, well, have you ever heard God speak in an out loud voice to you? And he would report to me, I've asked that question to at least 100 people, and I've never had a legitimate person answer yes. So his conclusion, as a logical, scientific, Western, male-minded dude, was, listen, people just make this stuff up in their head, and they call it God speaking to me. Well, maybe, okay? Maybe sometimes, because sometimes people do just make stuff up, or we want to hear this answer really bad, like, I got to hear what I want to hear. And so we just slap the God-approved label on the thing that I just want to hear. But the problem with that idea there uh, of you got to hear God speak in an out loud voice, uh, here's the thing. God rarely speaks in, in, an, in an audible voice out loud. He rarely does it in scripture even. Um, he breaks protocol. You know, one time, anybody know one of the times that he speaks out loud? Yep, Jesus' baptism, right? This is my beloved son. Um, and he does it another time in scripture, but he doesn't seem to be big on the, you know, speak to the group out loud kind of thing. Um, and almost always, when we hear uh, from God through the spirit of God, it's an internal thing. It's an internal thing, which makes complete sense because Romans 8.11 is just one of the places in scripture that says, now you have the spirit of Christ dwelling within you. So when Jesus speaks to us, it does sound like an internal voice since he lives inside of us. And so that's usually where it's coming from. So don't discount, oh, that's just coming from inside of me. Learn to cultivate, learn to listen. And because Jesus dwells within you, 
Um, and you can cultivate that, and you can learn to recognize him speaking. Uh, it's hugely important, and he wants it for you because this is all about relationship with God. Right? It's all about having a relationship. I, I'm going to skip past this stuff here, I think. Uh, I, I left on your sheet some ideas just for cultivating hearing from the Spirit of God. Um, you can practice with Scripture like we did earlier. It's called Lectio Divina. Uh, you can journal what you're hearing. Um, you can ask simple relational questions, right? So don't just start with the big stuff like, okay, God, what job do I take or who do I marry? Don't start with those big, huge things. Just ask relational things like, Jesus, do you love me? In fact, when you hear something confusing, you might just shift over to the question, Jesus, do you love me? And if what you hear is something other than yes, then you're not hearing from God. That's not God's voice if you're hearing that he doesn't love you. There's another voice speaking, right? Or, or Father, what do you think of me? And if what you're hearing is full of shame or accusation, that's not the voice of God. That would be the accuser of the brethren that's mentioned in Revelation chapter 12. So... Um, like we talked about last week, just find ways to get quiet and listen. It's so hard for me when I pray. Like on the way to church, I pray, but the entire way over here, and then sometimes wait in the parking lot till I'm done after I've prayed around the building early in the morning. It's still hard with all that time for me to stop and get quiet and listen. But we have to build that in, like time to just be quiet and listen to what God might Say because if it's a one-way street where I just go on and on in my prayer, but I never stop to listen to what God's saying, then I'm not going to hear what he's saying if he's saying something to me. Uh, another one here, be willing when you listen, be willing to hear a no. Like if I ask a question and there's the only thing that I am clinging to is that I've got to hear a yes on this, it's going to make it really hard to hear a no. So I have to be willing to say, okay, God, I set this aside. I trust you. You know what I want, but I leave it to you. Will you speak, right? Uh, it requires being patient. Um, we can learn to trust what he speaks to our heart and go, yep, I know that's what he's been saying. I know that's what's up. And the last thing I'm going to emphasize again is to always make sure it lines up with Scripture, right? Always make sure. In fact, when we hear from God in this kind of still small voice way, it's something we learn to trust and discern. It takes time, but the Spirit of God will speak to you. Um, I guess we're going to talk about this more next week. <laughs> Let me give a couple of things I'll wrap up with, and we'll get to the people of God stuff uh, next week. I'm going to give you an example of how the Spirit of God can speak to us. And here's just a, a real-life one. I moved to Arizona from Minnesota back in 2000. Went to work at a church down here. And, and when I moved here, I figured, you know, at some point, you know, a few years or so, I'd probably be, you know, back to Minnesota, live near our lifelong friends and our extended family. And about four years into my time here at Arizona, I got a call one day from a pastor who'd been a mentor of mine. And he asked, was I ready to move back to Minnesota? Uh, his denomination was funding church plants. He wanted me to come back home. They had all the funding that we'd need. They had a church building. Um, and he would be my church planting mentor. It sounded perfect. sounded like a no-brainer. And I stopped, though, because it felt like, a, well, of course, right? Off you go. I've been wanting this, praying for this, asking for this, figuring it was coming. Here we go. It's finally going to happen. But I knew enough to stop and pray. And it shocked me how quickly God spoke with a clear no, 
I was like, no, what are you kidding me, right? I tried negotiating with God, like maybe I heard wrong. Anybody ever do that? You just negotiate after you get a clear answer? Yeah, but to no avail, he said no. God said no, didn't give me any clue as to why. I was so bummed. Here was this mentor that I really liked. There was all this funding. There was a facility that we would have church planted into, but God said no. And then a year later, I found out why God said no when my friend, this pastor who would have been my mentor, ended up on the front page of the newspaper and the lead story in the local news for uh, soliciting a prostitute, and he'd been arrested. It's front page news everywhere. Now, there's a lot of other things involved in that, but for me, I look back and realize if I had pushed ahead and just gone to Minnesota, had him as my mentor, I would have been devastated and crushed. So God was really protecting me, and I'm so glad that I listened. I could also tell you times where I ignored his counsel, but ha, we're out of time, so. Um, <laughs> so Brandon, will you come? Next week what we'll do is we'll pick up with this, unless, you know, the Lord tells me, just kidding. Um, <laughs> We'll pick up with this. We'll talk a little bit more about how he speaks through his spirit to us. And we'll talk more about how he speaks to us through the people of God, the community of God. But before we um, leave this morning, I want us to return to that question that we had last week. And I want us to actually sit in it. And the prayer that I want us to pray again this week for us to get quiet, to say, speak to me, God, I'm listening. And I'm aware that so many of us, it is so hard. Anybody besides me have trouble finding a quiet place in your week where it's just silence, right? Really? Just a few of us, huh? All right, we're going to have our own support. Okay, okay, a few more, okay. So why not do that this morning, just for two minutes together here, just while Brandon's playing guitar, just have quiet and our prayer together to be speak to me God I am listening